0: Jeremiah, please, Jeremiah and chapter 6, this morning, for a few verses, Jeremiah, and to chapter 6, please, and if you cast your eye down to verse uh, 14, Jeremiah chapter 6, and verse uh, 14, please, we'll read these few verses together, and then we'll bow and ask the Lord uh, for his help, and you ask the Lord to speak to you this morning, and that there will be a word in season for our hearts. Jeremiah chapter 6, please, and verse 14. <clears throat> they have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people, slightly saying, Peace, peace, where there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. And we know the Lord will bless his word. Just bow with me, please, one moment, as we ask the Lord for his help. We ask the Lord to speak to you this morning, and that he would come among us and for his help. Father, we just come before thee again as we open your word. And Father, we just come in great need this morning of thy help and thy divine power. And Lord, we crave thy presence this morning to come in all of thy majesty, in all of thy beauty. And, Father, that thou indeed would dwell among us here in this little gathering. And so, Lord, we come to thee and we surrender individually and collectively to thee. We make thee, Lord, of our lives and of our homes. And, Lord, of this assembly, and we come just now and we pray that, Lord, that you will take control of our thoughts. And, Father, that you will give us ears to hear, And, Lord, hearts to respond. Lord, we give thee that invitation again this morning from each of our hearts. And we welcome thee into our midst. And we pray, Lord, that we'll be conscious that God is here. We pray that you'll take away every distraction. And, Lord, that you'll speak to us this morning. You know where we are along the road of life. You know, Lord, what we need. And we pray that indeed that thou wilt meet that need. And, Father, I come before thee. I surrender again this morning to thee. Pray, Lord, that thou will fill me with thy spirit. We pray for that anointing oil to be upon us. Lord, that your word will go forth with power and with clarity. We ask it in the Savior's precious and worthy name. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah was the saint of God that was known as the weeping prophet. What was said of John the Baptist in the New Testament could have been said of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, that he was a man that was sent from God. You'll remember how it says of John the Baptist that there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Jeremiah was a man like John the Baptist. He was a man that was commissioned by God himself. Now, I'm sure most people here know a little bit about the days in which Jeremiah lived. They were difficult days. They were dark days. They were hard days to be a man or woman of God, just like our day today. Let me paint a picture for you of the days of Jeremiah. They were days that were marked by apostasy. If you cast your eye to the end of verse 10, you'll find, Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. Cast your eye to chapter 5 and verse 23. It says, But this people have revolted and a rebellious heart. They are revolted and gone. So you can see that the days of Jeremiah were days of apostasy. It was a day in which every man did that which was right in his own eyes. It was a day when they despised the Word of God. It was a day when the Word of God was an ornament to them. It was something maybe they read once a week or once a month out of formality or routine. It was not their delight. They didn't esteem it more than their necessary food like Job did. That's just like our day, isn't it? The Word of God is a reproach. The Word of God is not the delight of many of the hearts of the people, not only in the land, but in the church. Not only was it a day of apostasy, it was a day of idolatry. Here was a people, and they had indeed forgotten God. It says in chapter 3, and verse 20, My people have forgotten me. Days without number. They had forgotten his goodness. They had forgotten his blessing. You remember about the church at Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. It doesn't say that they lost their first love. It just says that they left it. They left their first love. And this is what happened to the people in Jeremiah's day. They took up with their business. They got taken up with money, with work, with love, relationship and recreation and God was forgotten. Not only did they forget God, but they forsook him. You remember way back in chapter 2 of Jeremiah, he said, My people have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. You see, you can forget that's accidentally. But whenever you forsake, you Willingly and consciously turn away from it. Now I want you to give me your attention this morning. Don't worry about anybody else around you or what they're doing. You listen to what God has to say to you this morning. They had forgotten and forsaken the fountain of living water. The God that brought them out of Egypt. The God that split the Red Sea. The God that sent manna from heaven. The God that indeed delivered them from the hand of the Egyptians, they had forgotten him and forsaken him. You'll find there that on every high hill and under every green tree they set up idols. They made idols that had hands but couldn't help. They worshipped idols that had ears but couldn't hear. They worshipped idols that had eyes but couldn't see. They had left their first love. They could look back to days when they were closer to God. They could look back to days when they were more intimate with God. They could look back to days when they were in touch with God. But those days had gone. Days of idolatry. Not only were they days of idolatry, but they were days of immorality. You remember how the Canaanites were marked by immorality and sensuality. Everything that they did was involved immoral sin. And this is what God said. He said, they were not ashamed. They were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Immorality was in the ranks of God's people. What a day. Not only was Jeremiah's day marked by idolatry and immorality, apostasy, it was marked by a day of lack of decency. Cast your eye to verse chapter 5 and down to verse 28. They are waxen fat, they shine, yea, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. That is, they overlooked uh, the, the sin of the people. They judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless, yet they prosper. And the right of the needy, they judge not. What a day for Jeremiah to be reared in. What a day for God to send a man. What a day for this man who was sent from God to come with a message from heaven. Just like our day this morning. Just like the little land in which we have been reared in. Now the question that I want to give you this morning is, what was the answer to the situation in Jeremiah's day? What was the answer? What was the answer to the problem of idolatry, apostasy, immorality and no decency? What was the answer? Was there any word from heaven? Was there a word from God for him to know what to do? You remember way back in Jeremiah 37 in verse 17 the king asked the question is there any word from the Lord? Is there any message from heaven for a day? Jeremiah, what's the word from God to your hearts this morning? Is there any word from the Lord? And Jeremiah answered, there is. You see, not only is there a word from God in Jeremiah's day, but there's a word from God in our day. As we go into the new year in 2020 with immorality, idolatry, apostasy, and a lack of decency, thank God that there's still a word from heaven. Thank God there's still a God on the throne who will not remember his own or who will not forget his own. You see in verse 16 of Jeremiah 6, look at it. This is our text this morning. Jeremiah 6 and verse 16, it says, Thus saith the Lord. This is not the words of a man. This is not the words of a prophet. This is the word from God himself. This is the words that left the lips of the Almighty. Thus saith the Lord. 312 times in the book of Jeremiah, you get that little phrase, Thus saith the Lord. Here was a man that had his ear in tune with heaven. Here was a man who knew what God was saying to him. Here was a man who knew what the answer was, what the word was, what God was saying for the situation and the need of the day. And he said, thus saith the Lord. The first thing that God said, the first word that came from the mouth of the Almighty is the word stand. Cast your eye to verse 16 again. It says, thus saith the Lord, stand. 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 That was the first word that came from heaven in this mighty message to Jeremiah. Stand. And friend, let me say this to you this morning, and we have been mentioning this Thursday night after Thursday night, that's what we need again. That's what we need in this assembly and in our land, men and women who will stand, who will not run, Like the three Hebrew children in Daniel's day, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn, and they wouldn't buckle. They stood, and they stood rigid for the word of God. We mentioned on Thursday night that the children of God are described as a pillar. A pillar stands at times. It stands alone. It takes its stand. It's unmovable, unchangeable, uncompromising. And that's what God desires in a day of idolatry, apostasy, immorality, men and women that will stand. Stand in the Sunday school. Stand in the home. Stand in the assembly. Stand in the factory. Stand in the farm. The word from God to the people in Jeremiah's day was stand. Don't move. Wasn't that what Paul said in Ephesians 6? Having done all to stand, stand ye there, Four. One of my favorite characters in the Old Testament is the man by the name of Shammah, the son of Agi. You'll find him in Second Samuel. He was one of David's mighty men. And whenever the enemy came and whenever the Philistines came, it says that Shammah, he stood and defended a little lentil patch. It was a little patch that no one else saw any value in. Lentils were just used for feeding pigs. There was no value. Everyone else ran. Everyone else took to their heels and deserted. But it said that Shammah stood and he wrought a great victory. Here was a man and he was going to stand. What God had given him, he wasn't going to let the devil take stand. And he stood and the Lord helped him and he wrought a great victory. Men and women to stand. I say that to you again, whoever you are this morning, in the trial, in the storm, in the affliction, whatever you do, listen, not to me, but the word from heaven to your heart this morning. Stand. Stand. Thus saith the Lord, stand. But not only does he say stand, he went on and he says in verse 16, Thus saith the Lord, stand ye. You see, dear friends, let me say this to you this morning. Every one of us, we need to stand. It's not just some of us in the lifeboat. It's not just uh, this side or that side. We all have a part to play. You're as needed in this assembly as what I am. We all are a little body or we should be and we need one another. It was a word to the individual in Jeremiah's day and here's a word to an individual in the lifeboat in our day. Stand ye. Stand ye. I wonder, is there a mother and you're ready to give in? Stand ye. I wonder, is there a man in the factory and you're ready to give in? And they, the, the, the workmates, they, they're after you every day and you're almost giving in. Stand ye. Maybe there's someone in this assembly and the situation in the home's not good or in the family's not good and you're, ready to give in and run and throw in the towel and go. Here's a word from heaven to your heart this morning. Stand ye. In 1916, whenever the Battle of the Somme was on, Lord Kitchener stood with his hand pointed out in the posters. I'm sure you've all seen them. And this is what it was said on all the posters drowned Britain. We need you. We need you. And there's a word from God this morning to every individual in this meeting that's saved. And it's not I that's saying it, but it's God that's saying it. The thrice holy, the triune God. We need you. Don't run. Don't flee. Don't give in. Don't buckle. Don't bow. Stand. Stand ye. But then the word of the Lord went on in verse 16. He said, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your soul. Here was the answer to Jeremiah's day. Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. The old paths. You know, I am absolutely tired of men standing telling us we need a new thing. Because we can't do a new thing. It's God that says, I will do a new thing. We can't do a new thing. And we do need a new thing, but we can't do it. But God can do it. Because He said, behold, I will do a new thing. Not you and me. You see, what we would do is we would get a new message. We would get a new man. We would get a new look. We would get a new approach. But God didn't want that. What he wanted was the old paths. That word old paths is the word well-trodden, well-worn. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 18, it's the word that's called the ancient paths. It's the paths that God has planned. It's the paths that God has set out for his people to walk in. Not man-made paths. Not religious paths. Not ma- paths of formality or, 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 or motley. Not being mechanical, but he said, get into the old paths. And whenever you get there, he says, don't move, don't deviate, walk therein. He said the old paths are the best way." Stand and see and ask for the old path. Where is the good way? Friend, let me say this to you this morning. That's the answer for the day in which you and I live. That's the answer for Northern Ireland. And people uh, don't get discouraged this morning with votes or whatever way the thing works. God is still in control. But if we want to see our land turned, if we want to see our nation turned, here's a word from God this morning. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. The old paths. Now I'm going to give you three paths this morning which you and I should walk in. We should find them. And whenever we do find them, we should walk therein. The first path that we need to walk in is the path of doctrine. The old path. I'll give you some good old paths of doctrine that we need again, and we do hold to them here, but we need to keep holding to them. We need to hold to the sinlessness of the Savior. We need to hold with all of our might to the mighty truth that the Lord Jesus wasn't just a good man. We need to hold to the truth that he wasn't just an example. He wasn't a martyr, but he was the Savior. He was a sinless, spotless Lamb of God who knew no sin, who did no sin, and in him was no sin. The sinlessness of the Savior. Think of his power, his passion, his pain, his purpose. That's a good truth to hold to. Not only should we hold to the doctrine of the sinlessness of the Savior, what about the sinfulness of man? We live in a day whenever the government and doctors tell us that sin is an illness. Whenever we hear that it's just a a, a, a little mistake, a little problem in the life. Friend, let me say this to you this morning. Sin is the greatest problem that the world has ever seen. We were born into this world so depraved and so far away from God, we couldn't save ourselves or help ourselves. The sinfulness of man. What about the simplicity of salvation? That you don't have to work for salvation, you don't have to pay for it, you don't have to join a group to get it. You don't have to climb a mountain to have your sins forgiven. You don't need to be baptized or sprinkled or catechized to have your sins forgiven. No, thank God there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood. Oh, they lose all their guilty stains. The simplicity of salvation. What about the security of the saints? That the moment that you and I get saved, that the Lord Jesus, he never will leave us nor forsake us. That he could say, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hand. He said, I will give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. And no man shall pluck them out of my hands. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man shall pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. The old path. What about the old path of the inspiration of the Scriptures? That from Genesis to Revelation, this book is inspired of God. It's the Word of God. All all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. I tell you, dear friends, if we got a grasp that this book is not man-made, if we really understood that this book is a message from heaven, we would read it every moment of the day. We would never set it down. We would never leave it alone knowing that God is speaking to us. The Word of God. What about the doctrine of the Spirit-filled life? That whenever we get saved, it's just the beginning, it's not the end, but we need to surrender and give her all over to Him, put all on the altar, surrender to Him and say, Lord, my life is not my own, of no right of my own, of no time of my own, of no money of my own. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. Are you surrendered this morning? Are you on the altar? Are you in the old path? What about the doctrine not only of the spirit life, but the sudden return of the Savior? That in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, you remember how Paul talks about it in First Thessalonians, that the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead and Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord. And so shall we ever be with the Lord in the air. In a moment. And our brother's right, we may never get to this Christmas dinner. We may never hear Brother Robert preach tonight. The Lord will come in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We need to be ready. We need to live lives that are clean and holy and pure. We need to be in touch with God. That's the old path. And if God said that we need to get into the old path, I believe it. Not only is there the old path of the sinfulness of man and the sinlessness of the Savior and the inspiration of the Scriptures and the sudden return of the Lord, what about the splendor of heaven? I'm looking forward to getting there. I'm looking forward to getting to the land of the no more. The land of the no more. I'll tell you what will be no more. It says in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Neither shall there be any more sorrow, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sitteth upon the throne says, Behold, I make all things new. Heaven, splendor of it. I've mentioned to you before, I was singing it again last night. Oh, I've got a mansion. Just over the hilltop. In that fair land where we'll never grow old. And day yonder, oh, we'll never more wander. But walk the streets that are pure as gold. The splendor of heaven. That's the old path. That's the old path. The old path of doctrine. Let me say something else to you. We need to hold to the old path of dedication i want you to give me your attention the old path of dedication you see you could have all of the truth friend and be as dead as a doornail you could have all of the truth and you could memorize genesis right through to revelation you could know all of the truth and have no life and have no passion and have no power and have no purpose and that's why we not only need to get into the old path of doctrine, but we need to get into the old path of dedication. Know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God. Ye are not your own. Ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your spirit and in your body, which is God. I tell you, dear friends, you're not your own. No, no. You're God's this morning if you're saved and you can't live whatever way we like. Indeed, we can't. We're His this morning. We're a consecrated people. And as I said, we have no right of our own. We should have no time of our own or no money of our own. And I'm preaching to myself this morning. We need truth, but we also need zeal. We need men and women that are sold out for God. Some of you older folk here this morning, You could look back to a day in our land whenever you could count in your hand men and women that you knew that were sold out for God. Men and women that gave their life blood for the Savior. Their moments, every moment of the day, they gave to Him and Him alone. There were men and women that were sold out. This is what Paul said about his life and how convicted I was whenever I listened to it. Five times received I forty stripes save one, that's one hundred and ninety five times was I beaten with, with a lash. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was twice was I stoned, thrice suffered shipwreck, a night and the day in the deep, and journeys often in perils of robbers and perils of mine own countrymen, and perils of the heathen and perils of the city, and perils of the wilderness, and the perils of the sea, and perils of false brethren. In weariness and painfulness and watchings often and hunger and thirsting and fasting and in coldness and in nakedness. And beside all these things which are without the concern that cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. A man that was sold out, sold out to God. My mind goes to John Hyde. John Hyde was a man who prayed himself to death. Get his book and read about it. He spent night and day on his knees before God. He wouldn't rise from his knees until he knew that God had given him four souls a day in prayer. A man that was sold out to God. David Brainerd, that young man who went to the Indians in America, 24 years of age, went for four years, prayed 10 hours a day got into the snow two feet deep and began to pray and cry for a move of God and whenever the end of the day was finished in prayer there was a a circle of snow ten foot in circumference that was melted round him because he was praying in agony Lord give me souls or I'll die. He died with TB and the snow that was all around him was spotted with the little pink pigments of his lungs. Prayed to death 29 years of age. C.T. Studd, the greatest cricketer in England, gave away a fortune, thousands of pounds. Sold his home. Him and his wife headed out to Africa, and started the whack Africa mission. And this is what C.T. Studd said: "If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, no sacrifice is too great for me to make for Him." A man that was sold out. Fanny Crosby you remember how the doctor put a poultice on her eyes and she went blind. At 15 years of age, Fanny Crosby, she memorized uh, uh, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. She memorized the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, off by heart at 15 years of age. She had memorized the whole book of the Psalms, the book of the Song of Solomon, and the most of the book of Proverbs at 15 years of age. A young girl that was sold out to God. William Booth went into 90 countries in 30 years with a banner saying, Blood and Fire. Turned Britain back from the brink. Mary Slessor left Scotland and went out to Nigeria won and worked for the the forgotten masses out there and saw a mighty move of God. George Muller saw 10,000 orphans fed in his his homes in Bristol. The Moravians. That little company of believers in Germany who got a glimpse and a, a mighty vision of the power of God left their homes and families and went out into the world and spread the gospel. And this is what the Moravians said. Let the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. And they went out and died for Christ and the cause. Amy Carmichael, born up the road in Malais. She went out to India. Saved over 1,000 orphans from the immorality of the temples over there. And this is what Amy Carmichael said. Oh, for a passionate passion for souls. Oh, for a pity that yearns. Oh, for the love that loves unto death. Oh, for the fire that burns. Oh, for the pure prayer power that prevails, that pours itself out for the lost. Victorious prayer in the conqueror's name. Oh, for a Pentecost. Men and women that were sold out to God. That's the old path. That's the old path. I asked you this morning as I have asked my heart, are you in the old path? Am I? Sold out? Totally given over? You see, these people had come out from the world and they were committed to the work, but they had a mighty concern for souls. Friends, let me say this to you this morning. And Pro- Robert prayed it in the prayer meeting. There'll be men and women in their land and this is the last day that they'll ever live. There'll be men and women that got up this morning more healthier than you and me and they'll be out in God's eternity before 12 tonight. Lost for all of eternity. And that's why we need to get into the old path of not only of doctrine but of dedication. I have in my hand a letter that was written by a young communist. He wrote it to Billy Graham. I want you to listen to this. He was only a young man he was engaged to get married and he broke off the engagement. And this is what the letter that he wrote. I am a communist and I live in virtual poverty. I turn back to my party every penny above what is absolutely necessary to keep me alive. I do not have time or money to watch movies, attend concerts or eat steaks, Or to have a decent home, fancy clothes or a new car. I have been described as a fanatic, and so I am. My life is dominated by one great overshadowing cause. I have a philosophy of life which cannot be bought by money. I have a cause to fight for, to live for, and to die for. It is the one thing which I am totally dedicated to. It is my life, my business, my religion, my hobby, my love, my sweetheart, my all. I cannot carry on a friendship or even a conversation without relating to it. It is a force that drives me. I have already been in prison for many years. And am ready to go before a firing squad for my belief. Does that not convict us this morning? Does that not speak to us? That we have all this truth. we tell nobody about it. Not only is there the old path of doctrine and the old path of dedication, lastly, there's the old path of devotion. E.M. Bounds said, Those who are much with God will do much for God. Andrew Bonner, that mighty saint of God, uh, wrote to Robert Murray McShane, and this is what he said. He said, oh brother, pray in spite of Satan. Pray on. Spend hours on your knees. Rather neglect your friends and your food, your breakfast, your dinner, your tea and your supper and your sleep than neglect a place of prayer. We must not talk about prayer. We must do it. That's an old path. Spending time alone with God. Friends, let me say this to you this morning, that's how God measures us here today. Not how many tracks or open airs we've done, and I do them myself. But we need to be men and women that are alone with God. It says that Enoch walked with God. He was in the presence and the company of God. That's an old path. An old path of... Devotion, spending time with God on an old path of appreciation for the Savior. That we can say like the Apostle, we love him because he first loved us. We will be able to say like Paul, that he loved me and gave himself for me. And we can say like the Psalmist in Psalm 116, I love him because he heard my cry. The love for the Savior. It was young William Featherstone at 12 years of age at that mighty hymn, and we have often sang it here, My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. For thee all the pleasures of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus does now. I love thee because thou first lovest me. And purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. That's the old password. Thus saith the Lord Stand ye in the way, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your soul. Now I want you to listen to this as I close. This is what the people in Jeremiah's day said to this message. But they said, We will not walk In. And I have brought before you the best way that I can with the help of God, a message from heaven to your heart. To get into the old path again, the old path of doctrine and dedication and devotion to the Savior. And I wonder this morning, would there be someone here, and this is what you say, Oh, I know it's true, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to live the way I've always lived. I'm just going to do as much as I've always done. I'm not going to exert myself. I'm not going to give my all. I'm not going to yield. I'm not going to give my life, my all to the Savior. I just want to go through the monotony and the routine and the formality. It's the old path, and he says, "Whenever you find the old path, he says, walk therein." And that's a word to my heart. Don't deviate from. It. Don't move in spite of the family and the friends and the situation in their land, get into the old path and walk. Don't move from it. And he says, ye shall find rest for your soul. That was the answer to the day in Jeremiah's day, the day of immorality, idolatry, apostasy, and the lack of decency. And I believe that's the answer to our day, to get again into the old path, the old path of doctrine, the old path of dedication, the old path of devotion. I was thinking this morning as I was coming over of the old path of the Savior trail. I was thinking of the path that the Lord Jesus walked the night in which he was betrayed and how he left the upper room and he, he went out of the gate of Jerusalem and went down down into the Kidron Valley and over the brook and up the mount of, side of the Mount of Olives. And he got down and it says he went a little further. And he prayed and he cried unto his father which was in heaven. He went a little further, the old path. I was thinking of the old path whenever he came out of Pilate's Common Hall and they led him up the side of the, 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 the slope of Mount Calvary. And from the track he turned not back. And as he went as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before shears was dumb, so he opened not his mouth. I'm fair glad that he, he didn't move from the old path. I'm very glad that he sent set his face as a flint to go up to Jerusalem. I'm not going to do it this morning. But if I was to make an appeal in this meeting this morning and I was to say anybody here in the Lifeboat Fellowship And you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. You want to give your all for the last few days, years of your life. And say, Lord, I don't want to just live for the business. I don't want to live for money or for time or entertainment. Lord, I want to get into the old path. I want to give my all to Thee. I wonder would you stand to your feet and say, Lord, that's me this morning. Lord, I want more. I'm tired of formality, Lord. I'm tired of the coldness. I'm tired of the just going round and round and round. I want to get into the old path. Now, I'm not going to ask you to stand to your feet this morning. But I would ask you to bow your head and say, Lord, I want you to take me this morning. I put everything I have on the altar before thee, the future, my time, everything, and I say, Lord, will you take me? Will you use me? Will you give me a passion like John Hyde? Will you give me a vision like Amy Carmichael? Lord, will you, will you make me do something like William Booth? Lord, will you take me this morning? Friend, he'll take you. And he'll use you. And he alone will get all of the glory. Let us pray. Father, we just bow again in thy presence. Lord, our hearts are convicted as we think of these men and women of a bygone day who were sold out to thee. And Father, we cry this morning over every single life and individually and collectively this morning. Lord, that you would give us a vision and a passion to win the loss for thee. Lord, that we'll give everything that we have and lay it on the altar and surrender our lives to thee. Lord, that you'll take us and that you'll use us. And Father, if this was the answer in Jeremiah's day, we're sure that it's still the answer in our day. That we'll get into the old paths again, that we'll not deviate or not move from them, the old path of doctrine and devotion and dedication. And so, Lord, we come to Thee this morning. We pray, Lord, that You'll speak on to each of our hearts. Lord, will You change us as a result, Lord, of this meeting this morning. When we think of all that Your Son went through on our behalf, we think of how He left the splendors of heaven to save and to keep. And to bless us. We pray Lord that in return. That we will open our hearts and our lives to him this morning. That he indeed will be our everything. And our all. That he will be our everything. Both great and small. We ask it in the saviour's precious and worthy name. Amen.